Okay. So what happened? Okay. First, I'm not one to bite the hand that feeds me Mm -hmm. or look a gift horse in the mouth. Mm -hmm. But your water bottle is very like slimy. Oh, really? Yeah. I think it's because it's been sitting out. Has it been? Is that? That's just condensation. It Have you feel, never felt condensation before? No, I've, it's not condensation. <laughs> oh, okay. It feels like this was sitting in like a gelatinous. Well, I was letting Willie lick on it a little bit before you came. It here. feels like that. That's exactly. <laughs> what, it feels like the texture of your dog's tongue all over this bottle. Are you playing a prank on me? I'm not. Well, thanks for the water. It's I guess the same one I've got. Okay, well, I'm gonna have to feel your bottle. Well, mine's or, been out for hours. <laughs> It's, I mean, it literally is leaving like a film on my fingers. Are you going to take it? It looks crystal clear from my perspective. Touch that. Down at the bottom. In the creases. In the creases? Who puts their fingers in the creases of a water bottle? The creases are there. And I don't feel, I don't feel anything, by the way. Right. uh, The creases are there for your fingers. It's on your hands, whatever you're feeling. Okay. I'm going to move on, but I want to touch (laughs) On the fact that you said who puts their fingers in the creases. Yeah. The creases are made for your fingers to go in so you don't drop the bottle. Not true. So Maybe if you have tiny baby hands that can't fit around a water bottle. But I'm saying that's that's the design feature of this. Why do you think they no. put those ridges down there? No. Do you think that's just for looks? Yes. It's no, for it's looks. Not. It's to conserve on plastic. Who knows? It is not. You're not even holding the bottle by that part. That's what I'm saying. It's a terrible design. <laughs> But the ridges go behind the label. It's a, I don't agree with the design, but yeah, that's your fingers have to go in a ridge. Are you kidding no, me? No, they don't. Anyway. Nobody holds their water bottle by the bottom of the water bottle. One reason why I'm so hot tonight is the reason why I'm late. All right. So here's another hot take. Uh-huh. Um, we're moving on <laughs> from haircuts. my water bottles. Oh, sorry. First haircuts. Yeah. Then, then your water, water bottles. Now. Your water bottles were just a detour. Uh-huh. And uh and I didn't even get to the fact that when I left the second haircut place, the lady was like uh I because she asked if I wanted to see the back. I said no. Yeah. I trust that you right. know what Nor you're doing. You never have to look at the back of your hair in your entire life. Exactly. I don't care how the back of my head looks. And um she's like well, you may want to look in the back when you get home because I put my number back there. <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to run crying from the... I felt so violated. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, I just felt like you're, this transaction is just you cut my hair and I try and believe that you're not a real human back there cutting my hair because it's going to make mm-hmm. me feel really awkward and weird because mm-hmm. I don't know you. Like, I feel like... We should have lunch together before you get so intimate as like cutting my hair. Like this one lady too who cut my hair. Like she's kind of a bigger lady, but she kept like my f- head was in her bosom area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be like, ma'am, can we just get to know each other a little bit before we continue this thing? Because it's getting a little too intimate, you know, <laughs> before I have to motorboat you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, okay. Customer service. All right. I have a nemesis in my life already. It's a blogger that I can't stand. Mm-hmm. My second nemesis is customer service, period. Mm-hmm. I have had, I always have the worst run-ins with customer service. What's your track record, really quickly? 
I think I do all right. I think the worst customer service I've ever gotten was that night that my car got towed and that lady oh, was yeah. giving me just the most difficult time on the phone, even though I was not being difficult at all. Mm-hmm. And I think I told you at the time, I think she's so used to people just calling in and chewing her out yeah. that she was defensive. Well, I realized my problem with customer service is I call when I have a real problem. Right. And that angers them uh-huh. because they get paid. Chris said this. I, he's like, they get paid whether they resolve your issue or whether you don't call in. Mm-hmm. They get paid the same. Right. And so if you call with a really complex issue, you've ruined their night. <laughs> you've ruined their night. And that's what I feel like. Like, I feel like customer service is okay when somebody's like, is this expiration date okay? And it's like, smell it. And then if you feel okay, then eat it. If not, throw it away. Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks. And they're like, great. My night's going perfect. For me, though, I call in. I say, excuse me. I was trying to get my son's 3DS to connect to the internet. Apparently, Nintendo doesn't care about North American users. I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. understand what they did. But it can't connect to the internet using the security that we set up because it no longer accepts that security. Uh-huh. So you have the to encryption type, the encryption type or mm-hmm. whatever. So I have to change to WEP thing, whatever I go in, I'm Googling and I think I know what I'm doing. I make a change. I hit apply and it just shuts everything out. <laughs> Nothing can connect to the internet now mm-hmm. and I can't log back in and I can't use my router to log back into my routers and to change back what I changed. Mm-hmm. So I call this guy the first 15 minutes, and again, I'm trying to be like, hey, yeah, look, I screwed up here. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to self-diagnose, thinking I know what I'm doing. Locked myself out. He doesn't understand the basic concept. Number one, two, he's asking for my home number. I don't know mm-hmm. my landline. He can't look me up by address. He can't. My account isn't coming up. He's getting frustrated. I'm getting very frustrated. And people can't spell my name for some reason. I'm mm-hmm. trying phonetically over and over to spell it in a way that you can get it. Uh-huh. And you, he's like, I can't. Well, you can't just spell it out? I, I'm doing it. K-R. Uh-huh. I spell the whole uh-huh. thing. And I'm even doing like R for Robitussin. Mm-hmm. E for Echo. Whatever. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And he's still like not getting it. Or whatever he's plugging in, he's like, it's not coming up. It's not coming up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, oh. So what do you need from me, mm-hmm. right? We finally get in and I'm trying to explain the issue to him. And he keeps saying, uh-huh, okay, I got it. And then being like, so you can't connect to the internet. I'm like, the internet's fine. I've locked myself out of it. I can't mm-hmm. access it anymore. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, so are you trying to use a computer? Yeah, all my devices locked out. Mm-hmm. Can I reset my router? Will that will that make a technician need to come so out? So, which you're not on, you're not with, you're you're talking to Verizon customer Verizon. service, not okay, not Nintendo customer no, service. No, oh, I okay, okay, right. his 3ds is now sure. being used <laughs> as a doorstop. Right, you know, like okay. I mean, if they if they don't accept our encryption code, right, I'm not figuring out how to make them accept an encryption right. code. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, Andy, you can play anything that doesn't use online. Mm-hmm. Have fun with that. Uh. Anyway, so yeah, so I'm locked out. He's not getting it. Finally, he's like, so just reset it. I said, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I start off. I just want to know if I do that, is it a red light going to go off? 
are all of a sudden you're going back, well, tech needs to come in now because no one can touch mm-hmm. that router. Um, he's like, yeah, just stick a pen back there, a pin or whatever. Push it, reset, nothing happens. You need an Ethernet cord, login, whatever mm-hmm. else. I go get it. As I'm getting the Ethernet cord, I ask him a long question. Maybe a two-minute question. Mm-hmm. I get to the end, silence. I go, hello? He's like, oh, yeah, so uh, just get that Ethernet cord. I said, did you hear my question? He's like, what? <laughs> and I was like, and that's when I lost it. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, now be the judge of how is this, where is this on the losing it scale? Mm-hmm. I was like, sir, I don't know what how close you are to clearing your solitaire board like if you just have like just the hearts Mm -hmm. left i'll wait but if you have like hearts and spades and diamonds Mm -hmm. then i'm not waiting for that can you just focus Mm -hmm. on this problem and let that go because you're gonna have an entire night to clear that board right and you've probably done it before so it's not a new experience so can can you just help me with this Please. Uh, that's not bad. I mean, what did he say? Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, I probably would have just hung up. I mean, and and try to get at least just like get somebody new. Yeah, <clears throat> and Elise is like she talked to a customer service person the other day, and her conversation went like this: Yeah, I bought a product from you. It's not working as it should. Yeah, my name is Elise. Are you eating chips? excuse me sir are you eating chips like she like she called them out i was like at least you can't you know in the first 30 seconds even if they're eating chips Mm -hmm. you can't call them out on their eating chips Mm -hmm. right yeah yeah because it's just they're they're then going to be predisposed to being like they don't want to help you yeah i would have never called them out i just would have done dealt with you would just dealt with them eating their chips. exactly that's why i would have done hey at least has her own thing right um, and apparently this guy was eating chips very clearly cause mm-hmm. she was convinced. I was like, are you sure? She's like, he was eating chips. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So then from there, and then I always try and deescalate and go back to like the, yeah, it's my fault again, but mm-hmm. look, here's my question again. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, you know, blah, blah, blah. We end up getting it resolved and get back, you know, get back connected to the internet. But the whole time he's, he's upset. And I'm like, this is not his fault. This is not my, it's kind of my fault, mm-hmm. but it's the way that we've set up our customer service system, mm-hmm. right? That you get paid a flat rate, a customer service. You don't get paid for like doing your job. Well, maybe only in like reviews, right? When they're like, fill out a survey, how'd I do my job? Mm-hmm. But they don't get like a bonus for that. Right. It's just kind of like a review. Yeah. I think if, I think if anything, you just get in trouble for that. Exactly. I don't think anything can good, Good can come from it. You can only get in trouble from this. Yeah. Just customer service. I mean, do, do people like their customer service IT jobs? I mean, that's kind of what my job is. Yeah, but you don't do a call center. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm not a call center. Everyone I deal with more or less is in person. Right. And, and you kind of welcome a challenge in your job because you're there. Right. In a call center, when it's all based on incoming, like they can't cold call people and be like, uh, hey, you have Verizon. Do you have an issue? So you just have to wait for you to call them. Well, that's what that's what I do. I wait for things. I mean, that, that's I, that's the part of my job I hate. I spend seventy five percent of my time waiting for something to happen. 
or you know, and during that time, like doing really remedial stuff, data entry stuff like that. I, I hate that part of my job. The part of my job I like is helping someone or trying to figure out what the problem is. Right, but but you get to go there and see them. Yeah, yeah, more or and less. And like on a call center, right? He doesn't know me. He doesn't right. know like how I'm going to be. Am I going to be upset right off the bat? That's probably like you said with your person. That's probably what they're expecting. You know. <clears throat> so I'm calling for a reform of our uh-huh. customer service system. Well, I don't think anybody's really satisfied with their customer service. <clears throat> yeah, no, but I mean, especially because it's based off of you bring a real issue and you're disrupting their day. They, they should welcome a disruption. Well, I don't think it's that. It's as much as, look, your, your uh, internet provider is Verizon what are you going to do? You didn't like this. You didn't like, you don't like your service. You don't like this customer, this customer interaction or the interaction with the help guy. What are you going to do? You're not going to stop your service because you have no other service to go to. You have Cox, which is a worse service speed wise. Even if their customer service would was better, I wouldn't pay less for slower internet speeds or the same for slower internet speeds because they had better customer service, I would deal with the shitty customer service and keep the better service. Yeah, well, that's... You know what I'm saying? Apparently, that's where I'm at with every product that I buy. Absolutely. Every time I call customer service. So maybe the problem is that I'm buying quality. Maybe <laughs> if, I, if I stop buying quality products, then at least my customer service will be better. I think you should have taken more initiative to fix the problem yourself i literally could not i i i don't like to hear that word cannot keith it's not well i said could not could not whatever i think you could have figured it out i couldn't have there's literally no way i mean don't you you, i kind of just set up the problem there's no way once i lock myself out of my router no no no. you know what it is you press the reset button on the back of you know what you know how many times i've done that and it didn't work what did it do? How did you fix it then? I had to get an Ethernet cord. All right. Well, that's simple plug too. It in. I didn't even know that I could do that. You just look it up. On what? On your phone. I, can, I can't. Yes, I you can. can. You have internet on your now, phone. Now you're without Wi-Fi. You're not being the safe harbor that I need you to be right now. I'm coming in as a battered ship, and you, you're just the storm. <laughs> you're just increasing the storm. This water is terrible. By the way, the bottle sucks. The water tastes stale. All right. Stale. Well, great. Guess what? I hate this chair. That I'm bottle in. is brand new. I bought this water this morning. This chair is not comfortable. I don't know why you bought them. They're terrible. <laughs> well, you can talk to me. This lid is flimsy. I don't like how I sound in these rooms. Amazon Prime, but like at night, during at the night day. alone, 
at night alone. With a, with a mouse in our kitchen. With a mouse in your kitchen? Mm-hmm, somewhere. Uh, were the uh, lights were turned off? Yeah. Was it scary at all for you? It was unsettling, yes. It was. But you know why? I think I blame Oxenfree. For some reason, yeah. the ending of Oxenfree, where her voice goes deep on the ending that I got. Oh, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Um, It's left this like lingering just atmosphere of unease in my place. Yeah. yeah. And so what did you think of the movie? I liked it. Really? Yeah. I, I liked it. Now, maybe I did was... Did you like it because it was scary? Nah, no. I um, I think I was watching too hard because I heard a few people say like you can see the twist from a mile away. I said that. Yeah, I saw no, the twist from like the opening scene. No, I know that you you said that, but other critics that I follow, mm-hmm. they were like, "Oh, even though you can see the twist a mile away, I liked it. It was made really well." Mm-hmm. And I didn't see it really <laughs> because I think I was focused on the twist being about her identity. Mm-hmm. And I just kept being like, okay, is she or isn't she? Why can't I get a read on it? And it completely blinded me to the obvious twist that when it happened, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I saw it. But um, I also thought it'd be more bloody than it was, which was another thing. Well, I mean, it gets pretty nasty. One bad thing happens to her, and then a big bad thing happens to her. Right. That, but you've seen that in a, in a bunch of movies. Yeah. The, the the smaller bad thing is gross, but that's, I mean, that's it. They don't really go beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. All right. Well, I mean, it, it was, that was enough for me, I guess. It was disgusting. <laughs> it was gross. And the way that happened, the way that just like, he's being so careful and right. then all of a sudden yeah. eruption. Yeah. No, no, yeah. That whole, that whole thing was is grossing me out right now. I can see because you're a while since your I've hands. seen it. But yeah. I watched it um, during the day. I want to say I may have watched it at work, potentially. I think you did, yeah. Yeah, but I watched it during the day and I didn't find it creepy at all. Mm-hmm. Probably because it was daytime, lights were on. I was in no... Uh, speaking my oxen free... That game totally creeped me out. Yeah. And I was playing at night. All the lights were off. Headphones on. So I <laughs> yeah. could only hear the game. Yeah. Yeah. The sound design of Oxenfree yeah. is terrifying. Um, So you liked the movie overall. I have to say it got a little frustrating, the opening. Like, it's so silent that you're just like, mm-hmm. I mean... I think they'd be talking a little more, mm-hmm. especially in this situation. If, if what is going wrong is, <clears throat> let's just say the mom didn't respond well to what was going on. It's right. Well, she's not the best parent. It seems like right. They're also in a stressful situation. So I, I guess the setup is she had. There's an accident. Plastic surgery. Based on an accident, I think that happened. Okay. Which is... But the accident killed the brother. Right. Okay, so full spoilers. Right. Okay. So the accident <clears throat> killed the brother. I can't remember what the accident was. It was a like a boating accident? Yeah, they, they, they didn't... I, I don't remember them saying it. They just kept it vague. They just kept referencing like the accident or car accident or something. So 
The mother has plastic surgery because of that accident. The brother's dead. The other brother thinks he's still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and and all throughout the whole, like as soon as it starts, she's never talking to the other kid. Right. And as soon as she f- ignored that kid the first time, <laughs> I was like, right. oh, that kid's not real. Like he doesn't exist or whatever. Yeah. That was the first thing that like, and then I realized like, the whole who is she whatever is just a MacGuffin or whatever. Right. It just is to throw you off the trail. But to me, it became so obvious by the time it was revealed that I started to think they're not actually trying to hide this. It just is. They're just telling the story. There's not. I, I, I was almost convinced that there wasn't supposed to be a twist because it felt so obvious to me mm-hmm. by the time it was revealed. The only twist that I'm left with is, does the other brother die in the fire too? I don't remember. Okay. I don't it, think so. Because it ends with the mother in the cornfield with both boys. And I'm oh, like, yeah. I thought the boy ran out of the house. Yeah. Like I they kind of showed. So I was like, why is she with both of them? So the other one died somehow? Maybe that's just his twisted mind now, right? Like, now he's seeing his brother and his mom. And him? Well, no, that's him. Oh, that's him with now. Okay. Right. So his, so his world has been populated now by another right. dead person. Okay. It's like the prequel to uh, Mr. Robot. Yeah, I just... The last thing that I'll say about Goodnight Mommy is I just felt like... And Mr. Robot kind of fell into this, too. Oh, here's maybe a good segue into Mr. Robot. All right. Um... It, I find it kind of frustrating when you have a character that's dealing with somebody who's mentally unstable, but they're dealing with them either based on a history that we don't know, mm-hmm. or they're getting frustrated by things that the person's doing who's mentally unstable. So, I mean, like, your son is acting out and is mentally unstable. Mm-hmm. You do not continue living your life as if he's not mentally unstable, thinking like, Oh, the ship will correct. He's just putting a dead cat in an aquarium. Yeah. Oh, it's fine. Oh, he's just referring to his brother. Oh, this is, this is fine. Yeah. And, and not having her wrestle in any real way with the fact like my boy is damaged. Mm -hmm. I've, I, in the end, by the end, got a little like, please. And Mr. Robot too, when they're like, when the big reveal happens and you realize that two people are related, Mm -hmm. I was like, He's done this before just by your very admission. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, why are you like, like horrified? Surprised like, by why didn't you see it happening earlier? Uh, I mean, and I, why are you saying I love you? Like an ambiguous yeah. I love you and treating him like, oh, he's going to remember me forever. Yeah. I, I think it, there comes a point where, and I, this also applies to Victoria for me, which we'll talk about later. Where you just have to kind of accept that thing. In Mr. Robot, it's a little bit more uh, unforgivable. Seems really harsh. Hard to overlook. It's a little bit harder to overlook in Mr. Robot. Whereas in Goodnight Mommy, I feel like that's what you would do as a parent. Maybe she's not as good of a parent 
and that's all that is, and that you just have to accept that as yeah. Her he has character. a recording of her singing them to sleep, and I'm like, if she took the time to do that, maybe yeah. Who knows? I just found the movie kind of, and again, maybe this was because of the atmosphere I watched it in. It just felt kind of boring to me, and because the I saw the twist, I never, I didn't feel like I was building up to any sort of reveal, and then. I, I'm, it's been a while since I've seen yeah, it. Yeah, I, I could see that. So I, I just remember being, and especially after watching the trailer, and the trailer being so great, right? Yeah. It definitely doesn't live up to that to me. No. What I will say is what I did really like about the movie is that the trailer itself is basically the first half of the movie. <laughs> and then the second half is it, none of the trailer comes for the second half of the movie except for maybe a shot or two, but nothing really that I remember. And I actually really like that they did that. I yeah. think that's a, a great way to, um, because I remember watching it being like an hour through it and seeing pretty much an hour long version of the trailer mm-hmm. and thinking like, am I going to have to sit through another hour of this? <laughs> <laughs> and then it starts to change. So I yeah. did appreciate that. Um, so Mr. Robot, uh, came highly recommended from Rob from the Best of Three podcast. I finally s- watched it. M- my wife and I, we watched it, Julia. And I don't know what I was expecting. I mean, I think I was probably expecting whatever one else was was expecting. It's a series on USA. But we watched the pilot, and I thought the pilot was really good. Um, But I was a little disappointed that the sort of style of the show didn't carry over from the pilot, but I was surprised at how much I liked it. And we watched the first maybe four episodes spread over the course of a couple of weeks. And then we ended up finishing the season like in one or two nights back to back. Uh, so I was, I was surprised. I thought it was good. I think it definitely has its issues. Yeah. You don't do that very often yeah. with anything. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm surprised. What'd you like so much about it? I well, I like the way they handle technology. First of all, I like the way they do the hacking. It yeah. feels, yeah, real. Well, it's a lot of yeah, it's a lot of scripting. It's a lot of like command prompt stuff, and it's. I'll say this: it's, it's real enough to have me think this is real. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like I don't know much about that stuff. I do, I you know I know some coding language. I don't do much with it. But it looked real enough to me. The, the best thing I can say is that whenever a character is pounding on a keyboard, it felt real. Yeah. Which again is something that can't be said about Victoria in a piano. Oh boy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, go, go go on with Mr. Robot. Um, I want to talk about um Elliot's performance. I don't okay. know if I like his performance <laughs> or if I hate it. <laughs> but I do like that it's so different. But I am like, I really don't know how I feel about it. Cause it's so strange. Right. Right. It just is a weird performance. Is that you? Yeah. Are you even there? And I also like, um, even though it's probably not, it's definitely not healthy to sort of think of the world and the way he thinks of the world. But there, there are definitely thoughts that I've had before mm. in terms of just like his perspective on consumerism, social media, all that stuff. So Morphine. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. One thing I really didn't like was the drug dealer girlfriend and drug 
overlord storyline yeah that felt like it got really out of hand really quickly and it seemed like i guess they were probably trying to write that out of the series because they realized maybe it was a mistake to go down this rabbit hole um it didn't bother me while i was watching the season the series but but after but at, but when it when it turned to like I'm going to hack this entire prison and let all of the inmates free. <laughs> At that point, I was going to like, all right, let's get past this as fast as we can. There, there are a few problems around that that I think are encapsulated in. Go back and look at how much time he spends by the car, by the jail that just had a huge right. prison break. Yeah. Like you, like you could just spend that much time by the jail, not get, seen or caught or whatever well not only that to really get into it he's like in the back field of a prison (laughs) and police are showing up close enough to where you can see See the the lights flashing and hear the sirens and And he just runs away and there's a dead body yeah that whole sequence was a little yeah i was was, like and and how long they go back and watch how long they held on his face before they showed her in the trunk like it, yeah. it got absurd. Yeah. Like I want, I want to go back if I had any gumption, take that and just edit it into a fifteen long minute scene of him reacting, and just like keep yeah. doing fifteen minutes of him yeah. reacting to the car. Well, it got and then show the body. It got so long to where I thought, oh well, they're just doing this to make a point, and they're not actually going to show the body. Show and then, but it's like, no, here she is. Here she is. Her throat's been cut. I felt like they were. That was supposed to be like a scene. Like, look at this long take of his reaction. Yeah. I just felt like after a while, I felt like with him, you could see him being like, okay, how how else can I show? being upset yeah. at what I'm looking at in this trunk. Yeah. But uh, overall, I thought that was really the only big misstep of the first season. Um, I was a little <clears throat> confused about the plan to turn the thermostats up so high that it melted, it melted. tape or something. <laughs> <laughs> that seemed a little absurd, but you know, I don't know. Um, <laughs> And and I don't and ultimately I'm not really sure if that's the plan they went they followed through on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think in a show like that, all you have to do it's almost like a legal approach where just plausible deniability, mm-hmm. just establish that in a world where I can say, eh, maybe, yeah. and then move on. You've you've done your job. You don't have to make it scientific, but you just have to give me the ability to be like. A shrug, maybe. Yeah. I think they did that. Like with that, I wasn't left going like, yeah, like messing with the thermostat, you could make it 150 degrees. Or yeah, whatever. exactly. But, yeah. uh, but you know, sure. Yeah, yeah overall, I, I liked it. I'm looking forward to watching season two, I guess, whenever it comes out. Um, I just liked that it was different. It felt different than a lot of TV shows. You know, the acting, the subject matter, the way they handled it. And I was surprised. I still love Christian Slater. Like, I loved him since I was a kid. So, oh, really? Um, yeah, I, I have I a secret. I thought he was fine. I didn't yeah. Know. yeah. I mean, he's doing Christian Slater. Right. Yeah. Um, Did that did that reveal catch you in any way? Were you surprised by that? Did you see that coming? 
I didn't see it coming. I thought him or that girl being his sister was, was the a big bigger reveal. reveal. Mm-hmm. And he's your father and he's in your head. So you didn't see either of those two things coming. I didn't see the sister. I knew Christian Slayer wasn't real. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Not an idiot. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> um. So let's talk about Victoria. Last week you mentioned Victoria. Uh, single take German movie that is over two hours long. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I looked it up. We both ended up watching it. I rented it on YouTube and. Julie and I, we watched it last night. Um, what did you think? Well, I'm more, you know what I thought. So I'm, I'm kind of interested to start with you. What'd you think? I liked it. Um, I think the concession you have to make, and this is what I was talking about earlier. Uh-huh. The concession you have to make is that, and this is something I learned, I think fairly early on in the movie. The concession you have to make is that every single person you're watching in this movie is dumb mm-hmm. and does not make good decisions. Mm-hmm. You, the the Victoria, the star of the movie, the main girl, is not a smart person. She does not make good decisions. This is a movie of purely of 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 maybe okay people making really bad decisions. Right. Um. So, so if you can get past that Mm -hmm. and if you can get past the, why in the world would she ever agree to do this? Or why are they doing this now? Or, you know, that doesn't seem like a very good idea at all. And they should just do this. If you can get past that and sort of accept that these are not smart people, it's a, it's, it's a, it's an interesting movie. Yeah. And the, and I think the biggest hit on it has been that the first 40 to 50 minutes or so you're not really watching much Mm -hmm. you're just watching people kind of hang out which sounds boring and i would not want to watch it again but i think because it is all one take it adds a sense of momentum that from even the first minute you're expecting something to happen and because it never cuts away, you, your your expectation never mm-hmm. gets relieved. Yeah. So you're constantly expect. So it, it actually, as long as a two hour and fifteen minute single take film sounds, it didn't feel that long to me. So re- I really like the movie. Mm-hmm. And let, let me tell you really quickly about the obstacles or the barriers to entry on this film that I saw, mm-hmm. and how I saw the movie address them, and how it. It worked for me. So number one, where are some of the issues that you face in this? You're going to have dumb people who are making dumb decisions. Mm -hmm. But by the end, it made me think of Romeo and Juliet. So Romeo and Juliet, people want to say it's like a love story. It's kind of an infatuation story. And they kind of do dumb stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, them getting married is actually a dumb move. Very dumb for how long they've known each other. Right. And um, the decision that they have to get out of it is super dumb, (laughs) you know? So, um, so you, you have, you have that. And I feel like that's a timeless tale. And I felt like this had aspirations of that where you, 
from the very beginning, you set up her loneliness. She's trying to hit on the um on the bar guy. The bartender. The bartender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the bartender who's just not interested. Right. I thought she did a great job of selling just in the beginning of a girl who's just desperate for connection. Mm-hmm. If you've ever been somewhere else and didn't have that connection, I totally know what she was feeling like. We were like, please, somebody come along who I can like have a conversation with. That's how I felt the first two weeks in college where it's just everyone's talking with Southern accents and I no idea, <laughs> no idea. I can't yeah. fit in for the life of me. And so you have that. You have, because it's all in one take, everything has to be close together. Mm-hmm. They literally have to be like, let's go to the rooftop. Where do you work? Oh, I work right there, mm-hmm. right across the street. How, what a convenience, you know? But even so, there is a lot of traveling in this movie. There's a lot of traveling. They go a ton of different places. Which again, though, that makes it exciting too. Yeah. Because you have like, how are you getting into this car and out of this car? You know? Mm-hmm. How are you, got- and I love thinking about the process of that. Like, is the cameraman like, me first, then you come. Like, they, they got to keep it moving. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was, I thought all that technically was pulled off really, really well. And then you have, you know, their dumb decisions that they do when things starts start ramping up mm-hmm. but you have the bad guy give them drugs yeah like they're all high on like at least cocaine yeah and so i and so for for some of the dumb decisions you're like oh these guys are like hopped up on but drugs. that's not even really what i'm talking about with the bad decision like first like I, I understand she's desperate or she's lonely maybe desperate's not the right word i understand she's lonely does that mean she's really going to start hanging out with four random drunk guys in the street she met probably trying to break in and steal somebody's car (laughs) who then take her up to a roof and offer her drugs who then proposition her to drive a getaway vehicle for a bank robbery like those decisions are all pre-drugs right it only gets worse from there (laughs) so that was those were the things that i'm kind of like i'm I, i have to be like okay like she's not as she's not making good decisions, right? We're not watching this. She's not like a tragic figure necessarily, going into this with nothing but good intentions exactly. and, a, and a big heart. Exactly, like she's making just bad. She's decisions. trying to figure, and and they try again with the terrible piano scene to set up like here's somebody who has no kind of history with making connection. Mm-hmm. She's just trying and flailing. For that connection. Literally flailing. Literally flailing. While supposedly playing a piano. I mean, that scene was insanely Elise, bad. Elise couldn't stand Insanely bad. The, I kept thinking, because you told me that they kept they tried this like three times and didn't get it or something, and then the fourth time they got it, whatever the story is, I just kept imagining them getting all the way to that piano scene and just being like, we can't do this. What is she doing? Why does she keep doing this? We can't go forward. <laughs> and then them just being like, you know what? We're just going to have to deal with it. Yeah. And pushing through because yeah. it is just like, it is weirdly bad. Yes. Right. It's not even just like, I see what they're going for. Yes. They're just missing the mark a little bit. This is straight up just like. If you want a gifable moment, just put like a flopping fish over her hands <laughs> right. as she like just throws them over. It's exactly what. But she's it's doing. not even her hand. She she puts her whole body, body into and it. her head is pound. It is <clears throat> man. It is. 
strange. Well, I, I think what happened, I, I chalked it up to maybe a decision being made between the film and the editing, kind of the the the, mm-hmm. the post production mm-hmm. part where they're like, okay, we tried that, it's not working. We've got to just pump over this other piano part and screw what it looks well, like. Well, I yeah, I knew she wouldn't actually be playing the piano. I, I really didn't think she would be, but I was surprised. <clears throat> at how much attention they 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 draw to it. Like I I would imagine my line of thinking would be okay, we've got this piano section. She doesn't know how to play the piano. We're obviously just going to dub something over it. So let's try and set this up to be sort of as inconspicuous as possible. And they do the exact opposite of mm-hmm. that. They're basically like let's turn this into like a sketch comedy uh short. Of somebody who's trying to play the piano. What 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 made me so, what, what, and what made stand out so bad too was Elise does not like, um, handheld camera, mm-hmm. and anything that's found footage, shaky cam, mm-hmm. she can't stand. With this being all one take, I was nervous starting off yeah. that she would just be like, "Turn it off, I can't deal with it." Mm-hmm. But they do this wonderful thing where they focus you. On one character mm-hmm. as other characters are going around that character when they're like walking or something. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I, ha- I, that I haven't noticed maybe in other films as much. Where I feel, feel like when people are doing one take, they're always trying to like capture the people in the room. Like even in True Detective, mm-hmm. it's like moving, following the action and following different characters. With this... I felt like they picked their kind of point of perspective and they stuck with that. Mm-hmm. And the characters rotated around it when they were walking or moving. And it helped you be oriented in their long takes. And I think it helped the takes become like I was blind to them. You know, you, you fall out of the feeling of, wow, this is one take, mm-hmm. which is one problem that we had with The Revenant, mm-hmm. where it's like, Hey, watch this long take. And it feels like a long take. It feels like some of the characters are like dancing in the background, <laughs> doing just what they need mm-hmm. to do in that moment yeah. to sell their part. And in this, it didn't feel like that choreography. Because I think they just said, we're just following like Victoria maybe for the next five minutes. So all the characters could just move around Victoria. And they didn't have to like find everybody. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I thought that was great. Yeah. Um, so it was seamless. I felt like in their long takes. What did you think about the musical transitions? I loved it. I loved really? it. Yeah. Yeah. I did like, so like with the first one, I guess if you just want to take that, I love the fact that you have all this banter that we've seen and it's just dumb, stupid banter. We mm-hmm. partook in, it in college. They're trying to impress each other. They're trying to impress her. One guy's just, you know, it's my birthday. You know, Bling Blinger is still talking about his name in various mm-hmm. iterations. Mm-hmm. So you know what they're going to be saying. So why not just like go with some piano? Mm-hmm. And so you can just focus on the connections that are being made. And mm-hmm. you're not having to listen to the same banter. Like, what are they saying in the elevator? Mm-hmm. Same stuff they've been saying you know, all night long to each other. Yeah. So I, so I like that, you know, the, and maybe it's because it was the first one and it caught me off guard, 
I, the first one was the only one that I really didn't like. Oh, I, I liked I just, it a lot. I, I think first of all, I think in I think it I think it hurts the movie in theory, because if you're going to make a movie that is shot from beginning to end in one take, you're doing it to tell a sort of seamless story, uh, and it feels like the. It feels like when you've watched 20 minutes of characters interact with each other and not really do anything to then all of a sudden have this music that overtakes everything and you're no longer hearing anything but the music, but you're still watching these people move along. It just it felt to me almost like the equivalent of just like doing a edit, like doing a, a different uh, a cut to the movie. Uh, so it, it really took me out of that experience. I I understand. I, I totally agree with your point, and I'm sure that's why they were doing it. And I don't think anything was lost not hearing that conversation, but it just took me out of that moment. And that's actually the only. I know that I think there's at least two more. Two more, yeah. That's the only one I actually remember <clears throat> because I think it had that effect on hmm. me. The other ones I don't really remember. Um. The only other note I had taken down, because I think that pretty much sums up how I felt about the movie. What did you, were you in any way affected by the death of uh, Sonny at the end? Um, I, I, again, I, by that point it had transitioned into like a Romeo and Juliet story mm-hmm. and he he put himself in that situation. Right. So I'm not feeling sorry for him. Mm-hmm. But I was connected enough with those characters mm-hmm. to be like, eh, you know, it sucks to see him die. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how'd you feel? Uh, I did not give a crap. You didn't care? <laughs> no, I did not. If it, I mean, we just watched these people kidnap a baby. Right. Yeah, but but again, I that worked for me too because I felt like you could understand where Victoria was no, coming it, it from. No, it worked, that. and exactly. I thought it was good. Because you're, but I'm then not going to feel bad when no. one of them dies, no, and no, I no. didn't feel invested in that relationship at all. To be like, I mean, she was devastated yes. by, it. and you know, I think a lot of that you could excuse as you know adrenaline and Cocaine. obviously she just <laughs> went through this yeah huge experience, and it might be a little bit more than just losing somebody who she's known for less than three hours. Right. But again, I feel like it was, it was infatuation and and it was intense. Mm -hmm. Um, but I thought they, I thought that he was a good character though. From, from the Mm -hmm. first moment he appears in the film, he had relatability where I was like, I know this guy. And this is exactly what the guys who were like that in high school, what they'd grow up to be if they like never went to college, never left their hometown. Like, they would be acting the same way when they're close to 30. Right. Um, I thought he did a, a really good job at acting like, uh, of not really giving you a hard line on whether or not this guy is a douchebag or not. Right? Exactly. You're kind of like, he seems like a good guy, but he also seems like he could be a huge jerk. Exactly. And you never really know where to come down on that. So what did you think of the mm. scope and ambition of the film? So it's all in one take, which yeah. is already interesting. But not only do you have 
you know, the, the heist that you don't really see, but you have, you know, you know, the car problems, you have, um, a shootout, mm-hmm. you have the baby and then you have the bleeding out on the bed. Mm-hmm. All of those scenes, I think, including the police raid speak to like some serious planning. Yeah. That when it, were you at all surprised at the scope of the story that they tried to tell? They they tried to go big in some places, and I thought that that well, was. Commendable. I think that's what's so great about it is at no point did I really stop thinking about the movie and while I was watching it and think to myself, how are they doing this? But once it's over and you look back at everything they did and everywhere they went. It's like, man, that's really impressive. Mm-hmm. And and it, yeah, it has to take an insane amount of planning and coordination and choreography and, you know, and, you know, when she goes to the bathroom to clean herself up at the hotel, you know, I'm imagining people running out, running in, putting, you know, bloody makeup on Sunny and then running back out as, you know, it's just it's like. Yeah, thinking about that stuff in hindsight, I think is the most intriguing part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's yeah, that was that was crazy, and I, and I think that's why I would recommend it for anybody interested in movies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's not the and the acting is great. I mm-hmm. thought the acting was really good. Um, did you watch the movie with captions? I did. You watched the entire thing with captions. Well, wait, cap, not for the English. Right. Okay. So when I when the movie started, because I it was a German movie, I just turned captions on. And then I realized, oh, they're speaking in English a lot. So I turned yeah. them back off. And so a lot most of the movie is in English. Yeah. Um, and then there's some um German and Spanish, I think, mm-hmm. but it's subtitled automatically. Um so I was really impressed. The the only other thing that I want to say about this is when I watch movies like this, I can't help but think, how would I do this to get away with it? Do you think that too? I mean, I thought about it in the sense of like, I would have just gone home. Like the guys, I, I thought of it. First of all, I as soon as they got out of the car, I thought, what about the guy in the car? In the car. Right? Like, how are they forgetting that guy? Yes. Um, but then I'm also, and I guess that's part of the, the, the one take of aspect of the movie is you don't really get a good idea of where they park the car, the stolen car. Yeah. And so as they're getting out, I'm thinking, where's this car at? And then it's, they just kind of leave it in an alley, but it's like the most well lit and exposed alley you can find. It's, It's right by the club. Yeah. And it's right by the club from the beginning of the movie. So, I mean, I, I thought about in the sense of, like, I probably would just follow the guy's directions of, like, like I would just leave this car in a parking garage somewhere and go sit in my apartment for days or whatever and see how it plays out. Right. Obviously, they don't do that. They do right. the worst possible thing you could do <laughs> yes. and go into a club and get naked and start dancing. Um, but I thought about it in that sense. I, I want to get a follow-up. And maybe I'm, I'm, I want to write the director or directors and just say, so 
what happened to the guy who was passed out in the car the whole time? <laughs> Technically, he was a part of in a vehicle that partook in a robbery. <laughs> That's true. But he was passed out the right. whole time. Yeah. So could he be charged for anything? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Yeah. If you are if you're passed out during a robbery in a car that commits a robbery, uh-huh. are you then culpable? Culpable for for the robbery? That's a good question. Uh, anything else about Victoria? No, other than to say, I totally agree with you. I mean, it's a very good film. I'm not going to oversell it and say it was the best film I saw or even top 10. Uh, but if you, if you like film at all, you do need to see this. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting to watch close to the revenant. And I think it does kind of expose what people are, are complaining about with Inaritu which is that his directing calls attention to itself right? and doesn't always point back to the story. And here's a situation where everything's about the story and all the filmmaking is in service to the story. I don't think this would be an interesting, maybe an interesting film. It definitely wouldn't be as interesting if it was edited as a normal right. movie, right? Yeah. I mean, it just wouldn't have this kind of placement of I'm with this girl and watching her get sucked into this and go through this whole thing and carry the weight that it did. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think to that point, I think that the issue of the issues of her making bad decisions and then making bad decisions would have only been amplified if this was a traditionally edited movie. Because in, instead, because you get these transitions where I think you're probably your mind is going, wait a minute, why aren't they thinking about this? Why aren't they doing this? Mm-hmm. Instead of getting, yeah, I'll do this. You're given no time to then think of an alternative because they're doing it, right? They just go straight into doing it or they're, you're watching them transition into doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So let's talk about Oxenfree. Uh, you liked the game. It's a $20 arcade game on Xbox One. I think it's available on other things. Yeah. So you liked it. You felt it was worth your $20. Yes. For, for, for me, and that's relative. Right. I mean, that's the, a difficult thing to talk about with games because people value money differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I burn it. Right. Whenever I get a chance. So. <laughs> right. This was twenty dollars. You're just gonna flush down the toilet, but instead, exactly. you're like, yeah. Every time, every morning I drive to work, I hold a twenty out the window and let go. Right. At some point in my commute. Yeah. So for me, it's the price point for me. I feel like if this was a ten dollar game, it would have been great. Yeah, mind blowing. Right. It would have been like it, every single person I know that plays games which is not many, to be honest. <laughs> it would have been like, this game, it's 10 bucks. Must buy. Must buy. $15, I would have felt good about it. At $20, I'm kind of like, I, I kind of wish I would have waited for this to be on sale. Or I probably could have just skipped it altogether. Because, I mean, the art style for me was fine. It was uh, interesting. Um, it kind of vacillated for me between this place of like, 
I don't know if you've noticed this or you noticed this with children's shows when, when Indy was younger. There are a lot of shows that um, Sophia and Charlotte watch where I'm like, I can't tell if the animation on this is really good or, or really, really bad. bad. Yeah. And the game vacillated in between that space for me. Like the backgrounds and stuff are obviously beautiful. Yeah. Like they look hand painted or whatever. But the character models themselves are very low res, kind uh, of generic polygon stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, so that sort of that clashing bothered me a little bit, I guess. Um, but the game itself, and this is something I want to talk about that we haven't actually talked about this game. I think this is my first walking simulator <laughs> because. It's not an adventure game because there's no puzzles to solve. Uh-huh. You're more or less go. You more or less start the game. You can pick from some dialogue trees. The options you pick have at at best a minor influence on how that scene plays out, or I would say a major influence on how that scene plays out, but a minor influence on how the whole story plays out. I mean, there's a handful of endings you can get to, but ultimately, you know, there's only three or four of those and you're going to get one of those. It's not like, Hey, if I pick this one storyline, I'm getting this ending that has literally nothing to do with this other ending all Mm -hmm. the way over here. Mm -hmm. Um, and other than picking those dialogue choices, it's, Hey, let's go do this thing. So you just walk over to this place and talk to some things and then they say, all right, now go over to this place. Mm -hmm. And then you walk all the way over to that place, which is sometimes a lot of walking Mm -hmm. and you talk to somebody and then they say, all right, now let's walk back to this place. And then you walk all the way and maybe that is more interesting in a game like gone home or uh the stanley parable or the vanishing of ethan carter right where sort of the walking around and looking at things is the point because you're trying to see what you can discover but in this game you're literally just you're you know exactly where you're walking right. to you can and, you can collect letters right that's the only um so a lot of that stuff got very tedious for me, especially considering part of the story or part of the storyline is as you're walking from place to place, it starts to make you um, rewalk that thing over and over it again loops. because of the loops, right? So you get to a part where it's looping and it's like, okay, I just walked through this section that it's kind of boring. I didn't, oh, now I'm at the end of the section and it's, I'm in this weird dream looping thing and I have to walk this section again where something slightly changes and then it starts over and I have to do it again and it slightly changes and I have to do it again and it slightly changes. I understand that. I understand that that's the story, but it, it gets a little tedious for me. Um, and so, you know, three to four hours of that at 20 bucks, I just kind of like, I wish I hadn't paid so much money for this. But it's definitely interesting. I was definitely like, I, I definitely enjoyed picking the dialogue options and mm-hmm. following the story. 
I just wish they would have sort of cut down on some of that walking time. <laughs> I did. So did that bother you at all? Um, and how did you play this game? So you played it at night and it creeped night. you out? <clears throat> yeah, over a series of, of nights normally. I'd pop in for a little bit, play a chapter, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and pop out for the night. Um, yeah, it, it, creeped, it creeped me out. I mean, the, the, the sound design is really good. Yeah. And the, the characters pay off. I think when they start getting possessed and when things start happening to them, I really enjoyed, enjoyed those cutscenes and, and when they were like being levitated and stuff. Um, still one of the problems is dialogue options sometimes don't feel connected to what happened. Right. And I don't know how to resolve that. I don't know how to make that feel realistic when you have a larger story you're trying to tell so when they see Ren get possessed and when he does get possessed and then when he's like whatever I don't remember it see you guys later and he's like walks away <laughs> you're just like that's you know what I mean like what how do what do I do with that interaction mm-hmm. right there but again I think that it always falls back on relationships that feel if not grounded in reality, that you understand what the relationship dynamics are between the characters. Mm-hmm. And they're interesting. Um, <clears throat> so I found the story, and like you, as somebody who you've talked before, like you skip the story parts mm-hmm. of like Mass Effect or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, a cutscene? Mm-hmm. A-A-A-A-A. You just can't wait uh-huh. to just get back to the game. That this forces you to kind of like connect to the larger story. Or it will get tedious. And I found myself invested enough in, in the story that I didn't have that problem too much. Mm-hmm. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Uh, $20. Yeah, $20. What's, what's $20. got an actual recommendation this week yes so this is somebody that i brought up not a name because i couldn't remember and then i went back and looked at and i realized why his name's so hard Uh uh-huh because he has two first names and they're not like easy to remember first names Uh um walter martin wow is that yeah right but um is this an old guy no, I mean, he looks... Is his real name Walter Martin? This is a critical question. Is his real name Walter Martin? If this is a young guy who has named himself Walter Martin, you can erase this recommendation right now. <laughs> right. Yeah, if, if Walter Martin... I, I agree with you. If Walter <laughs> Martin is not his given name, then that might be an immediate disqualification. Right. Well, I'll look into it. Well... He used to be with a band um, called The Walk. Oh, okay. 
And oh, did you? I, I like. I listened to some of the the, the, the Walkman stuff. I've never actually listened to the Walkman, but uh, you know the name is thrown around a lot. Yeah. So, anyway, he um he now has a solo album called Arts and Leisure, mm-hmm. and I told you that it just reminded me of the sensibility of one of our friends in in college, who just has just an odd kind of relationship to art the world oh in the world (laughs) and walter martin like a lot of his songs are you know he'll he'll kind of like talk you know just stop not stop a song but just start talking a song and his songs about this picture that he remembered seeing as a kid that he's always loved about like this shark attack Mm -hmm. this painter hundred years ago hundreds of years ago painted Mm -hmm. and so he just writes a song about this picture of a shark attack Mm -hmm. and then he painted a picture of a of a boy with a pet squirrel and like that's a song and it sounds precious but it's not Mm -hmm. it 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 just has a an ease about it that reminds me of mac demarco and kind of bob dylan Mm mm-hmm and I just think that uh, it's it's big pleasant. names, big names you're throwing around in the in the Blizzard like, household. Like, okay, uh. these are th- this is Mac DeMarco's kind of anarchic sense of material that he can sing about. Like, he can just have a song all about his favorite cigarettes, right? You know what I mean? Like, it's that. It's not musically. And then Bob Dylan can just be poetic by just kind of rambling and. Um, we're all young together. That's I think that's somebody different. Maybe that's him. What's the name of the album? Arts and oh, Leisure. Arts and Leisure. That's right. And it's on NPR First Listen. Okay, so it's not out yet. It's not out yet. Yeah, you gotta go NPR First Listen. You okay. can stream it there. But I've listened to it a few times. You know, at work, at home. I just I keep coming back to it. And I I don't know that you'd like it, but I'd be interested in your take. Okay. Uh, you've been listening to Everything is Interesting. We are not doing uh, Westworld. Right. Because it's not uh, airing anymore <laughs> that we know. <laughs> but The Magicians is on tonight, which is based on a series of novels that we both read. Um. So maybe we'll talk about that. I mean, we'll have to talk more off air on whether or not we want to talk about that regularly or if it'll just be next week we'll talk about this. But if we do talk about it regularly, we will talk about it on our other podcast channel, which is right now titled Everything is Television, which will only be about television shows, which is where Westworld was going to appear originally. Uh, and I guess if we decide to do the magicians on that separate channel, it will be permanently titled everything is television, which was more or less a placeholder, but, uh, whatever. Um, if not, when does the 11, 22, 63 start? Like second week of February. Okay. If not, our first podcast on everything is television will be 
112263, which is the Hulu series based on the Stephen King novel about the uh, time traveler, aka James Franco, who goes back in time to try and stop the Kennedy assassination. Which I think looks good. Yeah. As crazy as a synopsis as that sounds, I mean, the book was supposed to be good. I read, yeah, I read yeah. the book. I loved it. Um, and the trailer looks interesting. So that will be the first show we talk about. We'll be talking about that with our friend Chris uh, Summers from the Degenerates podcast, if you had the <laughs> misfortune to listen to any of those. <laughs> um, but that'll be a lot of fun. And that's so that'll be over on Everything is Television. It's already up. You can search for it in iTunes and all that stuff. And it has um, all of our old leftovers and true true detective Detective episodes in the feed already so we'll just be releasing any sort of um serial television we talk about on there if we do that who knows uh so this i so this i guess the second week of february you can look forward to that on everything is television this is everything is interesting my name is justin blizzard you can follow me on twitter i'm at blizzard with nine z's i'm at things come right and uh we'll see you next week (laughs) 